Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the Kenyan financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color Podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This week, we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 46th week of 2022, that is from Monday the 14th to Friday the 18th of November. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United Kingdom where despite coordinated efforts by both the government and the central bank, inflation in the United Kingdom continued to rise at its highest level in 41 years as it hit a peak of 11.1% in the month of October. This was significantly higher than the 10.1% that was recorded the previous month in September. The rise in inflation was driven up mainly by food, transport and energy prices, which continued to put a squeeze on UK households and businesses. On a monthly basis, the consumer price index rose by 2% in the month of October. Meanwhile, in Japan, where inflation has been subdued for the longest time, Things are beginning to turn around as Japan's core consumer price index rose at the fastest pace in 40 years to hit a high of 3.6% in the month of October compared to one year ago. In the U.S. stock market, the market was divided as investors began to reset expectations after a couple of failed rallies over the past one week. All the major averages ticked up higher on Friday to end the day on an upbeat note as investors poured over the latest earnings reports. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 199 points to 33,745, while the S&P 500 ticked up marginally to 3,965 and the Nasdaq Composite finished flat at 11,146. All the three major averages posted weekly losses, but remained positive for the month this far. 
In the U.S. bond market, U.S. Treasury yields rose on Friday as Fed Reserve officials indicated that the central bank would continue to hike interest rates, with the St. Louis Fed president stating that the Fed funds rate may need to rise as high as 7% before inflation is contained. On Friday, the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note traded four basis points higher at 3 0.819%, while the 30-year Treasury yield was trading at 3.932% after trading above 4% the previous week. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil dropped by more than $2 a barrel on Friday and was on track for a second weekly decline, mainly due to concerns about weaker demand in China due to COVID restrictions, and in the U.S. due to higher interest rates. Brent crude was down 3.1% to $86.96 a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark WTI, that is West Texas Intermediate, was down 3.2% at $79 a barrel. Both benchmarks have now declined for the past two weeks, with Brent decreasing about 9%, whilst WTI has fallen about 10%. Marban oil, which Kenya imports, rose marginally to $91.46 per barrel, and this was up from $91 the previous week. In the precious metals market, after the recent rally in gold, there was a slight pullback, which was attributed to a technical retracement in the gold market. This pullback may lead to a consolidation in the price of gold as the market shifts attention back to the Fed and interest rate expectations. Gold prices were on track for a weekly dip following indications that the Federal Reserve will continue to hike interest rates in an attempt to bring down inflation. Spot gold fell 0.7% to $1,748 per ounce and was set for a weekly decline of about 0.9%. In the currency market, the U.S. dollar rose on Thursday in tandem with U.S. Treasury yields driven by hawkish comments from Federal Reserve officials who indicated that the central bank may have to raise rates as high as 7%. The British pound recovered from a dip but was still down 0.5% to close the day at 1.1850 to the US dollar. The euro was also under pressure against the dollar and was last down 0.3% to close at $1.0364 per euro. Against the Japanese yen, the greenback was last up 0.4% at 140.16. The dollar index, which measures the greenback against the basket of six major currencies, was up 0.4% at 106.68.
We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And as usual, we start off with exchange rates, where according to the Central Bank of Kenya, the Kenya shilling remains stable against both major international and regional currencies. The Kenya shilling was posted at 121.98 versus the US dollar and 144.98 to the sterling pound and to the euro at 126 on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 30.74 Ugandan shillings and 19.12 Tanzanian shillings and to the Rwandese franc at 8.62. Please note that while the official exchange rate for the dollar shilling stands at 121.98, the effective exchange rate which commercial banks are offering their clients is now well above 130 shillings per dollar. For your information, the Ghanaian CD is currently the worst performing African currency. The CD has depreciated by more than 132% against the US dollar, falling from just over six CDs to the dollar at the beginning of 2022, to the current exchange rate of 14.24 versus the greenback. Ghana's problems are very similar to those of Kenya and include rising inflation as well as unsustainable debt that has forced the government to seek assistance from the International Monetary Fund. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at $7.191 billion, which is equivalent to 4.03 months of import cover, which meets the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. However, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now dropped to the lowest level in seven years, which is a clear indication of increased payments to service our foreign external obligations. Our foreign exchange reserves have declined by $1.62 billion in a period of just 10 months. On diaspora remittances, the latest data from the Central Bank of Kenya shows that remittance inflows remained strong in the month of October at $332 million compared to $318 million in September, an increase of 4.6%. Meanwhile, the cumulative inflows for the 12 months to October totaled $3.996 billion compared to $3.605 billion in October 2021, an increase of about 11%. The strong remittance inflows continues to support the country's current account as well as the foreign exchange market. The United States remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for about 58% of total remittances in the month of October. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market recorded a marked improvement as government payments exceeded and more than offset tax remittances. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirements stood at 5.7 billion shillings.
Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 4.49% compared to 4.2% the previous week. During the week, the average value traded increased to 17.8 billion shillings from 13.1 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday the 17th of November with the central bank receiving bids totaling 41 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings. This represents a performance of 170%. Meanwhile, interest rates on all the three tenors remained stable with a 91-day rate ticking up by 1.8 basis points to 9.19% and the 182-day rate notched up 1.5 basis points to 9.72%, while the 364-day rate held steady at 10.18%. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya on Wednesday the 16th of November announced a top sale for the recently issued infrastructure bond that is IFB1 stroke 2022 stroke 14 and is looking to raise an additional 5 billion shillings at the same yield of 13.938%. Just last week, the central bank received bids totaling 92 billion shillings but accepted only 75 billion shillings. We note that the issuance of this bond with a coupon at 13.9% appears to contravene the recent presidential directive to keep government borrowing costs at below 10%. In the equity markets during the week under review, the stock market recorded a mixed performance with the NASI and the NSE 25 gaining by 0.7% and 1.4% respectively, while the NSC 20 declined marginally by just 0.1%. This takes the year-to-date performance to losses of 22.8% for the NASI, 13% for the NSC 20, and 16.7% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as Kenya Commercial Bank, which increased by 5.6%, East African Breweries rose by 4.9%, and Equity Group appreciated by 3.8%. These gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by banking stocks such as NCBA Group and Diamond Trust, which declined by 3.5%, and 2.3% respectively. Meanwhile, market capitalization remained at the same level, whilst equity turnover increased by 79% for the week. In the secondary bond market, during the week, bond turnover in the domestic market declined by just 1.8%. Meanwhile, in the international market, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds declined by an average of 94 basis points, with a yield on the 10-year eurobond which matures in 2024 declining the most by 140 basis points to 11.4%, and this is from 12.8% the 
that was recorded the previous week. And now a look at the economic calendar for this coming week. This week is light on economic data with only two major announcements expected. On Monday, the 21st of November, the People's Bank of China, which is the central bank of China, announces its interest rate decision. The benchmark rate for the People's Bank of China currently stands at 3.65%. There are no consensus expectations due to the opaque nature of the Chinese market. And on Wednesday, the 23rd of November, we are expecting minutes from the Federal Open Market Committee, which are published three weeks after the policy decision, and investors will be looking for clues regarding policy outlook, as well as the pace of future rate hikes. And back at home on Wednesday, the 23rd of November, the Central Bank of Kenya's Monetary Policy Committee will meet to review policy, as well as decide on the direction of interest rates, as inflation continues to hover around 10%. Next up is a topical issue for the week. The topical issue this week is on government expenditure for the first quarter of this fiscal year. The latest disclosures by the Treasury shows that government expenditures for the first quarter of the current fiscal year exceeded projections by about 65 billion shillings. This over-expenditure has widened the budget deficit for the first quarter from an estimate of 41 billion shillings to an actual deficit of 174 billion shillings. According to the Treasury data, government expenditure from July to September 2022 amounted to 759 billion shillings against an estimate of 694 billion shillings which is a difference of 65 billion shillings. The Treasury, in its budget review report for the first quarter of the current fiscal year, noted that the over-expenditure was in the recurrent budget and was mainly due to higher expenditures in operations and maintenance. This unexpected increase in expenditure comes at a time when the President has recently directed the Treasury to reduce the recurrent budget by at least 300 billion shillings. The plan to reduce recurrent expenditure was to avoid the scenario where government was borrowing to finance recurrent expenditure, which is neither prudent nor sustainable. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, in addition to our usual audio directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Amazon Music, the Market Color Podcast is now available on YouTube. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, 
please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri is spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. But before I sign off, please allow me to share this quote from Father Richard Rohr. It states, God loves things by becoming them. Think about it and have a fantastic week ahead. Thank you and God bless.